0: family, welcome to the Healthy Black Love Podcast, where we support each other as we navigate our way to healthier romantic relationships. I'm your host and fellow navigator, Dr. Drea. Each episode, we will focus on self-work as a change agent in our lives. Self-work is the process of cultivating your own growth and healing. The more you take ownership of where you are and where you want to be, the more you and your partner can navigate your relationship in a healthy direction. Please be aware that although this podcast includes mental health information, it is not a replacement for individual or marriage therapy. With that being said, let's get started. The one thing you brought up is the, uh, uh, Russell and Sierra. Yeah, if Russell ain't had that breast, ain't gonna be with him. <laughs> Russell Square. Yeah, R- 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 Russell Square. Square. Russell all Square. Things, Sierra, Sierra had a she. She has a good situation, but she was you don't a, leave Future she was and a, get with Russell Wilson? The, the thing is, I this think though. that's what you you're You don't wrong, leave though. Future and get Russell women Wilson? Women like, it's, a, it's a type. let Everybody got, got a type. Yeah, that's true. Everybody has a tie. You're gonna leave Future and get with Russell Wilson. Is this a, when he you have, so goddamn square, and I love him on the field. He's, this, a Chani, he's a square. Channing. He's a square. Channy, you go from this level of toxicity, you just want something stable. You want the guy that was sitting with that girl with that big old mouth at the draft that was laughing, and you knew she deserved <laughs> to be with him. Goofball? Yeah, you want that you guy. You want to get with you, Goofball's no, huh? you want the guy that told me, you know what? I was I was praying and God told me to go save her. That's what the man told me to my face. Hello, black people. Thank you for joining me for episode nine of the Healthy Black Love podcast. So that clip that you heard is the now infamous clip from the uh, Pivot podcast. And that is, of course, as you heard, uh, Channing Crowder is uh, making some statements about Sierra and her relationship, her marriage to Russell Wilson. And, um, and that is the clip that we've been talking about on this podcast. So I just had a, um, an episode drop two days ago called what black men are trying to tell you. And so today's episode is what black women are trying to tell you. So we're still looking at the same clip, the same situation, um, but we're now we're looking at it from the female perspective. And if you have not listened to the previous episode, I encourage you to go back and do so. You don't have to necessarily do so at this moment. If you want to just keep listening here, feel free to do so. But there's some pertinent information that I provide in that previous episode. Um, I basically uh, went and did research and, you know, got the the entire Um, podcast episode so that I just wasn't listening to just that 50 minute clip um, that you guys just heard because that was the thing that was going around and being viral. I wanted to know the entire uh, podcast episode and like what happened before what happened after and just really have a fair assessment of how we got to this moment where uh, Channing says what he says. So I'm not going to Um, I went through all of that in the last episode, so I'm not going to repeat that journey. Um, So you can go back to episode eight and get all those details, Um, but I will move forward assuming either you've already listened to that one or you'll be going back to that one and getting those additional, that additional information. So looking at it today from the female perspective, and so if you are one of our male listeners, um, I I want you to realize today my focus is looking at it from what I see the most voiced opinions coming from black women about this particular topic. So, um, once again, like I said last time, black people are not a monolith. So, even sisters, if you're listening, uh, what I say in this is not does not mean that that's exactly how you feel. Um, I am just, you know, the research I've done, I'm just looking at. What is the common thing I hear most black women saying in response to um, this particular um, uh, clip and the things that were said in it and what black women from that common response are trying to tell black men. So if, um, if you are a black woman that agrees a bit more with the men on this, this may not be exactly your views. But know that I am just looking at the most common, so just want to make that clear because I you know, I don't want people emailing me like, oh no, I'm a woman and I don't think okay, I, I know sis, I know <laughs> okay, so um yeah, so I just wanna like I said, just check out both uh, so you can see that I'm being very balanced and you know, not just completely jumping sides or whatnot. I am a black woman, so um, yeah, so I you know, I I definitely feel black women and their energy and their concern about this, but I feel like on the last episode, I was pretty fair with seeing what the meaning that we could like pull from, um, you know, where black men, what black men may be trying to communicate um, on that. But anyways, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to jump into the female side. No more explaining. (laughs) Um, Just listen to that last episode. I gave um, a definition of sexism and a definition of misogyny. So I want to review that really quickly. Um, Sexism is prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination, typically against women on the basis of sex. And misogyny is the dislike of contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. I want to uh, just reiterate those definitions um, so that we're on the same page because um, in last episode, I did look at Channing um, Crowder as displaying sexist behavior versus misogynistic behavior and just based on the definitions and the information, limited information that I had to pull from from the things that I've read about him and seen uh, or heard in the podcast. Um, Also, I want to give a couple of definitions today. Um, I want to define patriarchy and black feminism. So patriarchy is a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. Um, It also includes male domination, both in public and private spheres, Um, And it describes the power relationship between men and women. And I am defining patriarchy because we use that term a lot. I used it in the previous episode and I didn't define it. So I wanted to make sure I came back to that um, so that, you know, I, I kind of hear often in society people using terms and I'm like, that's not even what that means. So I wanna make sure that as Black people, we know our stuff, we know our language, we know what we're saying. We're not just using words because we've heard them, but we know them um, because words have power. Um, and so um, I would um, just kind of wanna give you a definition really quickly of patriarchy. Um, like I've been in meetings. I remember this one particular meeting where it was a male who was hosting the meeting and the majority of people um, in the meeting, it was a Zoom meeting, were women. And as the various women were speaking and providing ideas, like the male leader, I was just sitting back and kind of watching his face. And I was, you know, I had my camera off so I could really just kind of observe people. And this guy who I already knew was like a sexist person from other interactions I've had with him Um, As women were talking, you know, he kind of was just kind of sitting there watching. He really wasn't making um, any facial expressions, wasn't really, um, you know, wasn't a whole lot of head nods. He was just listening and just kind of just being there. Um, And then the minute this white male spoke up and started talking, he instantly like leans towards the camera and starts to smile and starts to you know nod his head in agreement, and like it's almost as if like his best friend just started talking, and I'm just sitting there like, "What in the world and it and and what was so crazy is that the guy that spoke did not offer any new ideas or any new information. All he did was say, "You know, I'm hearing this, and I hear it's a problem." He asked for no solutions, whereas the women that had been speaking were offering solutions or ideas. And so I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, so that's, a, you know, that is a an example of um, both sexism and patriarchy, uh, where you see that, you know, this space is still um, male controlled. Um, and that, you know, how people are being treated in that space is based on, um, you know, that male sense of domination and power. Um, so that's just, a, you know, just wanted to give you an example, if you're still unclear about patriarchy, uh, because we may have both women and men listening to this podcast that has have heard the term, but still are very unclear what that means. Um, also, if you're going to talk about patriarchy, you got to talk about feminism. <laughs> so um, I refer to this as black feminism because um, historically, when feminis- feminism was created and white women were, you know, doing their suffrage movement and whatnot, they were not thinking about black women, you know, they were just about white women. And so feminism in itself, the term um, most people from the black community and other communities feels like the ideas were not really created for all women. So black feminism um, centers around the experience of black women, understanding their position um, and in relationship to racism Sexism and classism, as well as other social and political identities. So, I just wanted to kind of put that out of black f- feminism being more about the experiences of black women versus women as a whole, um, and just kind of break that down. Um, not that I plan on necessarily talking about feminism in this episode, but um, just putting it out there because I, I feel like a lot of the thoughts and ideas, especially from the most passionate voices, um, do reflect, um, ideas rooted in black feminism. Okay. So I just wanted to throw those uh, definitions out just so that we're all on the same page. And, um, so that, uh, you know, we're using language and we all understand what this language means, right? Okay. So what black women are trying to tell you or us um, in the most of voice opinions that I've seen about this topic, I've seen two things that I feel are meaning um, derived from these voices. And the first thing I see is that black women are saying that in addition to feeling unprotected in society as a whole, and we know black men also feel unprotected in society, but black women feel like um that black women are constantly being attacked and devalued by black men both publicly and privately so we keep seeing these instances instances in our society where a black man will go in a public space uh, whether it's on social media whether it's at an event um like the oscars or whatever and black women will black men will say something that is considered negative or derogatory about a black woman or about black women as a whole um and that sense of um of saying and doing things that attack black women um especially in the public that black women are pushing back against that because uh, you know as Malcolm X said you know, the, the most disrespected person, you know, in our country is the black woman. And so I hear, um, I hear that constant ringing in this particular situation of here we go again, um, another time that a black woman is being attacked, um, by a black man, especially publicly. Um, and, I'm gonna dig more into that in a second. I'm not gonna stay there. Let me go to number two and then I'll come back around to each one. So the second thing that I hear, so before I even jump into the second thing, let me review something I said last time in episode eight so that um, we're on the same page for those people who haven't yet listened to episode eight. I talk about how society steers us to all want to either become the, the you know, this stereotypical bad boy image that is like the guy everybody wants to be or to be with that guy. So there's this bad boy image um, and we're all pushed to be this cool guy, you know, is the best way I can say. It. But it's a very stereotypical image and it is this way across the board uh, where, you know, in every um, racial group, You know, there's the ideal type of image of what is seen as attracted and to be respected. So we're all um, dealing with what does that look like and what are the attributes of that? And the closer you are to that particular image, the more you're respected, the more you're liked, the more you're seen as attractive. And the further out that you behave or look like that, the more and more you, the, the, the less attractive, the less respected. Um you know, or whatever or light that you may be. Um, and so with that, that black men, um, may feel like, okay, I need to act this way, dress this way, look this way, behave this way so that I'm socially accepted. And so that I also can, and a part of being socially accepted is both getting the respect of other black men and getting the interest of black women. So let me, um, Say that, and then also that that image is also stereotyped usually by people who look or are you know rappers you know quote unquote thugs street you know people in the streets um people who basically are rebellious and and problematic slightly or a lot in society um and so that is usually the stereotype of the you know, the cool black dude that everybody like loves, you know, that's, that's kind of, um, that particular stereotype or trope. Okay. So I just needed to explain that before I said number two. So number two is, uh, what black women are trying to tell you is even though we struggle with society steering us to desire the bad boy stereotype and wealth, as we mature, most of us want love and adoration from black men, even if it means giving up what is socially acceptable. So, like I talked about last time, um, if you can't be that um, that bad boy stereotype, the other way to earn that earn respect and earn adoration from women, and this is all stereotypical. This is all like just more of a social construct. So I'm not saying like, this is everybody, this is what society is steering us to to believe. The other way to get there is through money. If you have a lot of money, people like you, people want to be around you, you know? And so you could be the nerd, but have money and then you'll be, you know, the nerd that still gets women type thing. Um, And so basically that was what Channing was pulling out. um, And I talk about that more in the last episode that, Hey, he feels like uh Russell is far away from the image that all black men are being pushed to be, and the only reason that he's still able to get Sierra is because of the money part okay so um so those are the two things I hear black women saying right now is that one, we wanna be protected by black men, and we want y'all to stop in public trying to embarrass us, and two. Um, that we also deal with, you know, that, that steering, but the older we get, the more mature we get, we start, you know, going against that social construct and we just want a guy to be good to us. And that means that even if he doesn't fit that ideal, um, normalized idea in society, like we're good with that. So we're cool with the Russell Wilson's even if he doesn't have money, like we will date a Russell Wilson with no money, a broke Russell Wilson. We just want somebody that is going to be good to us, to that is going to be down for us um, and is going to treat us right. Okay. So uh, let me go back to number one and break that down just a little bit more. Um, so we want to be protected and the biggest way black women want to be protected is we want to be humanized. So with our history in this world as black people, and not just in the United States, but around the world, you know, black people, uh, white people through uh, white supremacy have dehumanized, attempted to dehumanize black people uh, to make us look like animals, savages, uncivilized, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so this idea that black people aren't smart enough, aren't intelligent enough, aren't really, like we need to be controlled. We need white people to take the reins. Um, And we see that, we feel it all the time. And so the more people buy into the idea of white supremacy, the more we become less than human. And so, when black men go um, into spaces, whether it's you know a, a private space or a local space, you know like your home or your community, um, or if it's a public space or like a you know or a very um, bigger space like TV or these podcasts or whatnot, and say negative things about black women, black men don't realize that they are adding to that, that attempt to dehumanize black women. Um, and for any guy listening to talk about, well, black women do the same thing. Either way we do it, it's wrong. But once again, like I must quote Malcolm X, black women are the most disrespected. Okay. So because not only, because not only do we have to deal with being black, which you know, our race, you know, in a system of white supremacy, there's this attempt to say black people are not at the top. You know, we are not the dominant culture in the, in the system of white supremacy, okay? So not only do we have to deal with all of the negative thoughts, biases, policies, you know, systems that come against black people as a whole, we also then have to deal with patriarchy. We have to deal with the fact that most societies are male-dominated and so women are oppressed. So we have that intersectionality. And so that means that Black women end up being at the bottom of the totem pole as a whole. Does every Black woman feel that? No. But as a whole, collectively, that is uh, where, that is attempt um, of society to put us at the bottom. So basically black women are saying, we need you black men to humanize us. And if you are counterparts, the ones that should be able to relate to us the most as black people, don't humanize us. No one else will. And so, um, you know, often we see, you know, I've seen, um, you know, several, comments and whatnot related to hip hop culture. And this is hip hop culture's fault. And this goes beyond hip hop culture. This is all rooted in the systems. Okay. Hip hop culture is a result of um white supremacy. And I say that it's a result of that because one of the things that, because, you know, first of all, all hip hop, does not down women. Okay, you know, back in the day when hip hop came out, um, it wasn't all about that. You know, it was about people hanging out in the streets, you know, playing the dozens, you know, talking about what sneakers you had on, things like that. Um, you had artists like LL Cool J, who was like, I'm I'm going to rap about love. I'm going to rap about you know these these different things. But it wasn't all about um being very anti female, you know, or being or objectifying women. But um, then you had um, gangster rap, which came on the scene because black people were being oppressed. And we were tired of it. And so we started using our music, our art. And it's not just our music, we were using our art period throughout the struggle, you know, way before rap came on the scene, we were using our art to express ourselves and say like, hey, we're tired of this mess. And so then music, of course, you know, um, and even before rap, you can listen to old, you know, songs like Strange Fruit. We were using our music to tell our stories. And so in gangster rap, like that's, I I really don't like the word gangster rap. But anyways, (laughs) when we started getting stuff like the West Coast rappers and stuff, like NWA and whatnot, like basically they were just trying to say like, we're out here being pulled, you know, being pulled over by the police, being frisked, being arrested for no reason. And we're tired of this shit, you know, so fuck the police or whatever. So that all came from from that systematic oppression that pushed people into, you know, talking about what their life was like and how oppression and violence and things like that were a part of their experiences. So I don't think rap helps. I think rap definitely, um, depending on a rapper and depending on what you're rapping about definitely plays into patriarchy. It definitely plays into, um, sexism. It definitely plays into white supremacy. Um, and, but, you know, that, so like black women, we do accept, like, we enjoy, like, I know, like, there's some songs that are absolutely horrible towards women, but I still kind of like the song. and I'm not gonna lie, you know, I'll still be like, okay, I remember, <laughs> and this is just like a one-off joke. Like, I remember when I was, and I'm, I'm aging myself right now when I tell you guys this, but I remember when I was in college and I remember Akineli's song, Put It In Your Mouth, came out. And like, I was really, really like having an existential like like moment where on one side I'm like, these words are horrible. Like this is horrible. This is sexist. This is really problematic. And this is like, so now there's so much, so many other songs that are like, just as bad or worse. So like, it's not a big deal, but you know, this is like late nineties. So this is like, okay, really? We we saying this, but there was another part of me like, this beat is hard. <laughs> you know, this song, like, you know, so I'm at the club trying to figure out, do I want to dance? Do I not want to dance? And so as black women, I think, you know, we accept, um, music, we accept different cultural things that objectify us. Um, but we still, as people, want to be humanized just as much as Black men want to be humanized. So even though we may still jam to music, we may still participate in art that objectifies us, that does not mean that we don't want to be humanized. And so we need Black men to not give other people an excuse to continue to dehumanize us. because that's what happens is white people look at what we're doing and say, oh, well, you guys do this to yourself. So that's that whole idea of black on black crime, which is a bunch of bullshit. But, you know, oh, you guys kill yourself. So it's okay for us to kill you. No, because there's a such thing. If it's black on black crime, there's white on white crime. Every single race, um, every single race kills people within their own race at about the same, you know, statistical level. So like... This whole idea that now we are going to be an excuse to do it to you because you guys are doing it to you is is a bunch of mess. I'm gonna try not to curse too much in this episode, but I don't want to get too far from the point, which is that we as black women, um, we don't want to be constantly objectified, and we definitely don't want to be dehumanized within our society. We need you to lift us up. We need both sides need to lift each other up, but as black women. We need for our men to to lift us up. And you can't do that if you're constantly thinking so negatively about that and saying those things in public and accusing us constantly of being these horrible people. So that's one thing Black women are saying. Black women are also trying to tell you, number two, um, like I said, about um, how we change over time. So that was one thing that Channing was saying, like, well, how do you go from Um, Future to Russell Wilson. And it was just like this idea, like you can't do it. Like she has a type. Um, And I will say, you know, a lot of us do have preferences, but our preferences usually are based on, I'm going to say a bunch of bullshit. You know, when I was younger, the things that I thought were attractive about a guy um, aren't necessarily what I think are attractive about a guy many years later. Um, a lot of the things that I thought was attractive were societally societally based. Like, so I was attracted to things because society was telling me this is what you should be attracted to, okay? And so as I started to grow and develop for myself and start to think for myself versus just following the trends, I started saying, well, why do I like this? You know, is there something else that I that I really should be liking or wanting, you know? And so... I say that um, to say that people change, people grow. And so as you grow and change, what used to be attractive to you may not be attractive anymore. And I can say that because I did used to like um, the more rebellious guys. I was never like a horrible, you know, I was never like the guy that liked quote unquote, like street dudes or thugs. I was never that. But I did like my dude kind of a little hard. You know, I wanted to know, like if we out hanging out in the streets and somebody try to fight us or beat us up, like I need to know you got my back. <laughs> I need to know that you gonna fight for me and you can win. So I was attracted more to that. and But it, it, it's not necessarily like, when i met somebody i said okay let me see a fighting demonstration to make sure you can you know you could beat the other person for me like i never did that it was bored based on what you physically see like this does this guy look like he can fight does he act like he can fight (laughs) you know what i mean there was no proof of that you know and so now that i'm older i know you can't you know assume anything about anybody because you know it's the quiet ones that really will tear you up, you know. I just want it all going to be protected. So I say all that to say that people change, and so yes, Sierra can go from a future to uh, a Russ Wilson. Um, because she's growing, she's changing. And so even maybe though, you know, she uh, was okay with that and the people like 50 Cent and things like that in the past, now she's thinking in a different thing. She's like, I got kids, you know, she was choosing, she chose future, when she didn't have any children, once she had a child, she was like, okay, I got to make different decisions because I got a baby that I need to make sure that my son is going to be okay. So if I'm going to be with a guy, I need to make sure that this this man is going to be good to my child. I need to make sure that this man is going to treat me well so my child can see how a man is supposed to treat a woman. So her decisions had to change. So yes, she definitely can change her mind. Um, and I think as Black women, you know, we're flawed. And But as we learn to value ourselves, as we gain self-esteem, um, and as things in our life change, we start making different decisions. We stop focusing on the shallow things or the things that society says is is what we should have. And we start to look for... Mates that will appreciate us. So when, so you know, this whole podcast is about healthy black love, and that's one of the things that you do as you do the self work. You start expecting something different. You're like, nah, I don't want that dude. Yeah, you look good. Like, I can't tell you how many dudes I see, um, whether I I see them in real life or I see them virtually, that I'm like, oh, he's fine. But no, I would I would never be interested in him. And because now you being fine means very little to me, I, you know, I definitely, of course, you know, you want something nice to look at. (laughs) But I have learned that, you know, fine can't be at the top of my list anymore. Fine has to be later on down the list, like there has to be some attraction, but I need somebody who's going to be kind to me. I need somebody who's going to be good to me. I need somebody who's going to be intelligent. Like these are the things that I am. And I need somebody that's going to be able to give me what I need. And if you fine, but you are horrible, and you are miserable, what benefit is that of for me? I'm just, the relationship is not going to work. It's not going to be healthy. And so I think that as people and as women, black women, as we start to really understand our wants and our needs, we change. Also to address the whole gold digger uh, part of it, which uh, Crowder was emphasizing for Sierra, like she's only with him um, because he has money um, and treating her as if she's a gold digger. Like Sierra has her own money. Um, And the, the thing about it is many black women have their own money. Black women are the most educated group in America right now. And so let's, let's get away from this idea that all black women just want money. Are there gold diggers out there? Yes. Is that the majority of who black women are? no. Um, and I do know that that idea is out there. It's a stereotype and it's out there because people can easily find people to, um, to affirm that stereotype. So if you go to the club and you trying to check out a chick that seems very materialistic, like, yeah, maybe you are going to run into someone who might be, um, uh, you know, someone who's a gold digger. But for the most part, like the black women, um, most of us, we're at home or we're, you know, getting our groceries or we're at work or we're doing something productive. Like we okay. <laughs> black women have always been able to to get our own money and survive if we need to. Uh, we've never had the luxury of just sitting back and having people take care of us. Come on, especially in the USA, where we came over here and were forced into chattel slavery, we never got the chance to chill. We had to work alongside our men. And even since slavery, that has been um, very, very much the norm that Black women have worked. Um, Even if the man was the main breadwinner, Black women still usually took on odd jobs of cleaning and washing clothes and different things like that. Um, And then as society has changed, you know, taking on more and more professional jobs, but as a community, we've never, um, Black women have never really had the privilege of just sitting around um, as a collective and just letting men take care of us and buy us stuff. So, um, and I could go on and on into that. um, And that is also why there are certain people who um, talk a lot in the Black community um, that I completely disagree with because Um, a lot of the things that are said by some of these black men that, uh, think they understand women, (laughs) um, are just completely incorrect based on our history and based on who we are as a collective. But that's a whole different side conversation. I'm not going to go into, y'all not going to get me in trouble today. Y'all not. Mm -mm. Cause I will to start get over here and get on my little soapbox and start talking trash. So anyways, black women, we want you to be there for us. And yes, do we want you to provide for us? Yes. Like what, woman or what person, period, wouldn't love support, wouldn't love help financially from time to time. It can be very stressful to survive in this world. But trust, we're out here making our own money. And one thing about Black women, we will get in the trenches with you. We will um, help you to to help us survive. So I'm just going to say for Black men, because at the end of black session, I encourage Black women um, to really um do more affirming for Black men. And so Black men, I got some things I want y'all to do too, some homework for y'all too. Um, one, I want y'all to follow grandmamas and them rule. And remember grandma and them said, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. When it comes to social media, stop dogging Black women out on social media. Stop going into these very public spaces and talking trash about Black women as if, These are traits that only belong to black women, because I will tell you, I know just as many white women that are all the things that black men claim black women are um, in the sense of, you know, negative traits. I know loud black, uh, loud white women. I know controlling white women. I know overweight white women. I know um, (laughs) argumentative white women. A lot of them. Um, I will tell you, like, as a black woman. most of my on the job struggles have been with white women. White women can be a trip. So let's not act as if white women are perfect and black women are a hot mess because that is not it. And if we look at history, white women have caused way more problems in history than white black women do. So let's stop doing that. So if you don't have something nice to say a black, about a black woman, just doesn't don't say anything at all. Okay. And I, and I will say black women, let's, let's do the same as well (laughs) for the most part, you know, especially if it's something attacking, um, in nature and it's not just, okay, well, I don't agree with this opinion. And so let's talk about it like grown folks. But if it's something where you're trying to, you know, hit below the belt, let's, let's, let's slow down on all that. Um, also black men stop drinking the Kool-Aid and pay attention you know, every woman is not a gold digger. Every woman is not out for your money. And most of y'all don't even have money. And I'm not trying to be funny when I say that. But if we look at the statistics, if we look at the statistics, you know, Black men are not um, the population making the most money. We know that. Um, We know that Black women are out here really making a lot of money. Um, And so, um, let's not act like every single black guy. Cause you know, sometimes I I'm on these, <laughs> I'm on social media and I'm like hearing some dude that I know in real life is broke and living with like his grandma or mama talking all this crap. And I'm like, you ain't got no money. Don't nobody want nothing from you. <laughs> you know, so I'm not okay. Y'all, y'all trying to get me in trouble today. Um, I'm not coming down on y'all black men. I love y'all black men. I, I want y'all to do better. And so I, I will say, let's stop just drinking the Kool-Aid let's stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's, um, yeah. And let's just, you know, be good to each other. Let's start to affirm each other. If we want to see better from each other, the way to get to better is not to dog each other out. It's to lift each other up. Okay. So, um, me coming at a black man or a black man coming at me and socially and in public and saying negative things that's not going to get us where we want that's just going to keep our argument going but if i start uplifting you and you start uplifting me we can get where we're trying to get together so um so yeah so this is what i hear black women saying so once again black men one um know that we can change and know that we do want love and at a certain point in our life or even starting off early we want the guy that's going to treat us well I don't care what you heard about nice guys finish last that's what we want and if you're a nice guy keep being a nice guy you may have been through some stuff but eventually you're gonna find a woman that's gonna love every single part of who you are because i know i love my black man and i love every single part about who he is and he is not that uh bad boy and i love the fact that he's not um and i respect the fact that he's not um And also just know that we want to be humanized. Don't dehumanize us. That is what Black women are trying to tell you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you go, though, can you do me a few little minor favors? Okay. So one, if you can rate the show on whatever platform you're using, that would be really cool. But you can also take it a step further And you can um, leave me a review. That would also be that would completely make my day, let me tell you the truth. So let people know what you what you like about the show and what's working for you so that they can also um, try the show out for themselves. If you have family, friends, loved ones that could use some of this information, please share the show. Uh, share it on your social media. You have complete permission to do that. I won't be mad at you. I actually will appreciate you a lot for doing that. So uh, please share it with your friends and family, um, loved ones, whomever, I don't know, coworkers, share it with whoever. Uh, And if you're just more interested in finding out about me um, and who I am or the podcast or what I do, check out my website, drdreawilson.com. You can also, of course, follow me on social media. I'm on IG at drdreawilson, Wilson, or you can follow the show at Healthy Black Love Podcast. Until the next time, I am Dr. Drea, and this has been Healthy Black Love.